Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. Since the last time we've talked, the Golden State Warriors are crowned champions. Steph Curry finally got his finals MVP. And now we're switching focus to the NBA draft. I was traveling for a week and took a little bit of time off since the season ended. But now that I am back, my plan is to do a podcast today and this week about the NBA draft, and then go back in time and talk about some playoff lessons, some playoff moments, some off-season topics to discuss. We'll even be hitting a little bit of NFL football stuff coming up. So a lot of exciting uh, episodes coming here on The Advantage. Podcast will continue two to three times per week, so make sure you are subscribed And if you could leave me a five-star and a review, that would be fantastic. So, like I said on today's episode, it's all about the NBA draft and how to bet the NBA draft. Sportsbooks generally say that draft nights are losses for the sportsbooks. They get beat on nights like this. Because the gambler pretty much has the same level of information as the sports books. So, why do the sports books even put out odds if they're consistently losers on draft nights? Well, a lot of people sign up for the odds to bet on the draft and then watch the draft and are invested in it. And then it gets them coming back to their website. And then they could offer other promos and other stuff, and simply by getting users in their database, it's profitable, it's a good thing for the sportsbooks. But for people like us, who are longtime gamblers, who do this very often, who do this winter, spring, summer, and fall, all you have to do is call. This is a prime opportunity for us. So this is a really important episode. I have almost 12 units invested in the NBA draft. My normal units for a game is max exposure of three. This is a very different situation. The NBA draft is like a series of 15 games. We know what's going to happen one through three. The second game is four through eight. The next game is six through 10. Then lottery. Then first round. So we can exceed that. We can have the same level of information as the sports books. We can have access to the same rumor mill and the same Zach Lowe's, Mark Stein's, Kevin O'Connor's to know what's going on and what's likely to happen. And the sports book just has to price odds according to how strong they think the rumor and the information is. And then we get to bet it. And it's generally a valuable time for the better. So, a lot of NBA draft bets coming up. Generally a very profitable thing for me. And on this episode, I am joined by William Harris, a fellow friend of mine in the sports ethos world. He is the host of the All Rookie Podcast, an awesome podcast about rookies in their 
rookie players in their rookie season. He is the draft guru of the sports ethos community in terms of the players, the prospects, their player comps, and their projections into a real-life mock situation. I, on the other hand, am the expert in reading the line movement and how the gambling market is reacting to the rumor mill. So on this episode, what I think was a really good conversation for you guys, me and William combined our forces and put together what I think is going to be a really profitable betting card for the NBA draft. So here's me and William's conversation. And to get access to all of these picks, make sure you are following me on Twitter at AdvantagePod underscore SE. And I will make sure I tweet out my entire betting card for the NBA draft. I will do that exactly when this podcast is posted. So if you're hearing this now, that tweet is up. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoy. God damn, the Warriors won, but good for Steph. I get more appreciation for this team the further we get away from them playing against my beloved LeBron. And let's make some money on the NBA draft. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Welcome back. We are now joined by William Harris, host of the All Rookie Podcast. William, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on, my man. I'm doing great, Michael. Uh, glad to be on your show. Appreciate you. Yep, All Rookie Podcast. Glad to be here. Check him out. Check out his podcast. You could follow him on Twitter at William is Bill. I'll say it again throughout the show. Um, William, you follow rookies, and you're an expert in knowing these prospects, understanding their games, projecting how it translates forward into NBA success. My expertise, as you know, is on the betting side of things, being able to read the line movement, the betting split, and other like gambling indicators to know where to put my money to make more money come back. So today on this episode, we are going to be combining our forces uh, in determining what the odds say and what, our odd, and what our eyes say to see how we can beat the books and make some money on this NBA draft. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Perfect combination right here. There we go. Let's do it. All right. Let's jump right into things. Over the last 48 hours, the odds for the number one pick have gone crazy. What was once a Jabari minus 450 favorite, so bet 450 to win 100, that was after he worked out in Orlando. He became a heavy, heavy favorite. Oh, just a week later, it dropped to a minus 140 line, so only 140 to win 100, even though he's still number one on all the mocks. Currently, that, that line, it's changed literally every second, so I had to look right before starting the show to see what it's at. Currently, it's a minus 210, so $210 to win 100, and surprisingly, it's Paolo Bancaro skyrocketing up in the odds for first pick. My question for you, William who do you think is the best prospect in this draft? And then who do you think also is that player, the same player that goes number one overall in real life? Right. In my opinion, just like all the mocks have it, Jabari Smith is the best player in this draft. But I will say, and I do still think he's going number one. And I will say, though, Paolo Bancaro is not too far behind him. So it's not like a 
huge gaping hole or, or difference between the two. But in my opinion, Jabari is just a much better shooter and athlete, and I, his game is much cleaner. So and the, and the Orlando Magic needs shooting more than anything. So I think unless there's a trade in the works, <laughs> Jabari Smith should definitely still be the number one pick. I okay. So I really like that you say that because here's my kind of theory on why the line has moved so much, William. I think Orlando, we know draft season is smokescreen season, and a week before the NBA draft is crazy rumors and signals, and we don't know what is true, and we don't know what to believe, and therefore, crazy line movement like this. On one hand, we have to say, okay, that's got to be real, because people who are betting lots of money are changing their opinions. On the other hand, we don't know what to believe, and we don't know if it's people reacting to conjecture or the wrong thing. My theory on why this line has moved. I think Orlando, I agree with you, wants Jabari. And I think they're starting to send out smoke signals saying, we might take Paolo, we might take Paolo, because they think OKC is locked in on Chet. And so if Orlando wants Jabari, maybe they could trade down to three, let Houston come up and end up taking Paolo at number one, and still get Jabari at three. It kind of reminds me of the Sixers and the Celtics with the Fultz-Tatum situation when everyone knew the Lakers were in the middle and they were like zeroed in on Lonzo. So that was kind of not thought about. Do you think that's a fair evaluation on how this is playing out right now? I think that's a perfect comparison. I do think that the Rockets will be happy with whoever they get at three. So I think, you know, it's a lot of maneuvering by the Magic for possibly nothing. But you have nothing to lose by trying. So you might as well throw your smoke screens. You know, I think the Kings, if anybody, would want to move up or possibly move down. So, But I don't think the Magic would want to move down to four, though. So that would throw that off. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the key. And we'll talk about number four in a second. Um, another reason why I think this is kind of, you say Houston is going to be happy with anyone at three. Uh, I, I even heard Jalen Green there, like, newest rookie um, who will be a sophomore now. I'm sure you did a lot of podcasting about Jalen Green throughout the year. He said recently on an interview that he's talked to the front office and they knew sitting at three that they were going to get one of the top three guys. So that just kind of shows that Houston's kind of sitting in a place where saying, okay, you guys make the decisions. And then to take it a step further, I kind of think you can't do the whole Lonzo maneuver Tatum Fultz situation because if we think back a few years when Magic Johnson was the GM of the Lakers and their, that whole Lon, like he was doing press conferences saying like Lonzo's jersey is going to be up in the rafters next to mine. Right now, OKC is silent and they do some weird things at the top of the draft and it's too risky to maneuver going around OKC. It's not like it's clear that they're locked in on Chet. 100%. Everyone thinks they want Chet because, you know, he's a unicorn. He fits. They need a center. They don't really need any other position. Center power forward. And, you know, Chet's the biggest name in this draft. They've Most people have been talking about tanking for him all season. But then Jabari Smith and Paolo Bancaro kind of throw a wrench in that. Uh, but I think the Thunder do want Chet. But it seems like they're interested in Paolo. But they would only take Paolo if the Magic took Chet. Do you think OKC's interested in Ivy at all, the second pick? I've heard rumblings that they're interested in Ivy. I don't really 
think that makes too much sense based on their roster construction with Giddy and SGA. Maybe they're trading Giddy and uh, 12 and to try and get up to get Ivy and Chet. That's kind of what I was thinking is, is are they going to keep number two and take Chet and then also try and get up to four? But do you think there's any chance that anyone besides Chet goes number two to OKC? Well, I think you explained that perfectly because I would think there's no chance that they're taking Jaden Ivey with the roster they have now. Uh, you know, with Giddy, they have Shea, they have Trey Mann. They have a lot of point guards uh, and Trey Mann small too, guards I like. there. He's showed yeah, some good yeah. flashes. He did, he did. But, you know, if you're keeping up with the timeline of the team, they would be smarter to trade Shea than Giddy, unless they just don't think Giddy's they that guy. They love they love Shea, right, right. But Shea's going to get tired of the constant tanking right? at some point. Right. So I don't know. But <laughs> right. what was I, the second I, part of your question? If it's not Chet going two, assuming Jabari goes one, is it right, definitely right. Chet that goes two? Is there any other scenario, assuming Jabari's gone, that Chet isn't the second pick? I don't think so. But it, there is talk that they love Jabari. I mean, uh. Paolo, but there's a lot of talk that Paolo does not love OKC. <laughs> there's a lot of <laughs> interviews where he's been out talking about, I don't want to go there. Right. So I don't think that's the type of player you want to bring in. I remember uh, uh, the Sixers did that with the Duke Center. I can't even remember his name right now, but he didn't work out for the Sixers. <laughs> so that would be a bad start. Uh, is Duke Center Mark Williams or A.J. Griffin? No, years ago. When the oh, years ago. Drafted. Okay, not this yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> not this year. Okay. Um, let's keep going. Jaleel Okafor. Oh, Jaleel. That's yeah, too funny yeah. because two of my roommates after college, the quick aside, two of my roommates after college actually played in high school with Jaleel in Chicago, and they won the state championship with him. And one of my buddies was the power forward on the team, and he's like, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big dude. Um ended up playing college basketball himself, University of Chicago. And he was just like, I used to have to go beat Jaleel's just like essentially mannequin in practice. And he would just, he literally just beat me up for years on end because he was so good in high school and just tortured me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to the draft. Um, The next one is Jaden Ivey. Let's talk about him. Tell me a bit about Ivy as a prospect. Why, where do you see him in your rankings as a prospect, and why are you so in love with Jaden Ivey? When I watched the film of all these prospects, Jaden Ivey stood out, and I was like, he's either number one or number two in this draft as the best player. And, and I, I settled on him being number two because Jabari is just so special. But Jaden Ivey is right there. He reminded me of John Morant watching him. He can play the one or the two. If he's the one, he can play John Morant role. If he's a two, people are comparing him to Donovan Mitchell. He's just a star in the making. He attacks the rim relentlessly. But not only that, when you think of a player attacking the rim like that, you think of maybe like Russell Westbrook, which you see a little bit in there. But he's a good shooter as well. He shot 36% from three. And big wingspan. He could do it all. Constantly getting better each year. He's the second best player in my opinion, but it's hard to pass on a 6'10 guy that can do everything like Jabari and Paolo. So that's what's moving him down probably to fourth in this draft. Yeah, it's a deep draft this year. Or at least it's a deep top of the draft. Um, 
I kind of like Ivy in comparison to a Drew Holiday. Like, he could be a combo guard, defensive elite stopper, provide some offense to, be a floor general. I know a lot of people say the Morant and the Russ kind of vibe. I also see, like, a little bit of combo guard, kind of Marcus Smart, Pat Bev being the floor, and someone like Drew Holiday being the ceiling of what Jaden Ivy can be. Do you like any of those comparisons? I like all of them. He has the potential to be... Any or all of that, I just think his scoring and attacking will cause him to be a little more offensive than some of those guys, um, especially Marcus Smart. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's going to succeed either way. But I would rather him play the point guard role wherever he goes, but he'll still succeed as a two. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, okay, in terms of betting on Ivy and betting on the number four pick, this opened at a minus 400 so you had to bet $400 to win 100 It was even higher than that at other sites, like a minus 600 It's now dropped all the way to minus 115 So betting 115 to win 100 That's because the Kings have that pick, and Ivy's not necessarily the right fit on their team. Apparently, Ivy has not met with the Kings. He didn't send them his medicals. He's not really complying with them. The Kings are kind of saying whatever. I also hear Vivek, the owner of the Kings, loves Keegan Murray, and sometimes he's been known to meddle and whatever Vivek wants, the Kings end up randomly doing. Um, <laughs> so I think that would be a questionable uh, situation. But there's always the talk of maybe they will just take Ivy or maybe they trade down. Where do you see Ivy going? Do you, How do you see the number four pick playing out? Do you think this odds dip is actually reflective of someone else going in number four or just uncertainty around the Kings organization? Well, before the recent news has been going around, number four is where the draft was truly going to start because everyone pretty much knew one through three. And there's been so much talk with this fourth pick. If I was the Kings, I would keep the pick and draft Jaden Ivey. But I've heard talk that the Pacers really want Jaden Ivey. So they could potentially trade up from six to four I've heard Malcolm Brogdon and pick six or mm -hmm. pick four. And that would be a move that would allow the Kings to more than likely still get their guy at six, especially if it's Keegan Murray. So, but that still would leave Jaden Ivey going fourth. So right. I think that the, it's a very high probability that Jaden Ivey, Jaden Ivey still goes fourth. Yeah, I think if, if you're going to bet on Ivey, now's the time to jump in on that fourth spot market it's it's as low as it's gonna go it's you know asking for buyers to enter the market and i still think it's actually a valuable spot my only concern is drafting or 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 wagering on a guy whose name has been all over the place and you're right. locking him into a single spot you're not saying he's going to be top four you're not saying he's going to be top five or whatever you're saying he is going to be the fourth pick and there's been so much trade talk. There's been a little bit of rumor of him going number two even, which I think is a little bit baloney as we've kind of covered. Um, so I'm a little hesitant to even bet anything on him. But if you are an Ivy guy, and I know me and you personally really like Ivy with our eyes, that we think this ends up happening in real life, I just don't know if it's a place where I actually want to bet it. I haven't bet it now, but I think the odds are really valuable. So I think it was something worth pointing out. 
Uh, I've William, also heard a little talk about Houston wanting Ivy. So, I mean, yeah, oh, like really? you said, his name is all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, that's another question mark and I haven't heard. So, I'm probably going to stay off the Ivy now considering my other bets. But I think it's interesting and I think the odds are, are telling. Um, the next guy I want to jump to, William, is Dyson Daniels. Another guy I've heard you talk and seen tweet about. Another guy both of us really like. I knew Dyson was a guy when he was a G League Ignite and played in the NBA All-Star Weekend, and he fit right in with the NBA talent and his body, and he, like, wasn't weird and, like, <laughs> like, like not, to, not to be weird, being, like, his body. Um, <laughs> uh, he fit right in. He just looked like an NBA player. Um, the Pelicans hold the eighth pick. My question for you and the, and the reason why I say that is the Pelicans love their, like, lengthy wings who could play multiple positions, who could create. They have their Ingram, their Zion, their Herbs. They already have CJ to be their scoring punch. So I think the, the type of player and mold that Dyson is really screams Pelicans um, at eight. Is there any chance, William, that Dyson Daniels goes later than the eighth pick in your mind? I think there's a chance, and it's funny how you, you said you noticed him at All-Star uh, Weekend. That's when I first noticed him as well, because there was so much talk about all the G League guys. I've heard yep. of Hardy, heard of Bochamp, and I was like, who is this guy? This guy is really good, and it was like Scoot, dang. Uh, so. Scoot Henderson or whatever his name was. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, I, yeah, we, we saw that same thing. <laughs> and um, ironically, I have him mocked going eighth to the Pelicans, so... But there's, you know, so much talk coming into this draft. People are moving up. J- Jalen Duran is moving up, you know, moving down. <laughs> uh, you know, A.J. Griffin moving up, moving down. He could drop down, but there's been so much talk that he could go in the four to eight range as, as, as late as uh, last week. Would he drop? I don't think so. I don't think so. But you just never know. Right. He would fit great with the Pelicans, like you said, though. And if... You could go up to the 10th pick. He would definitely not fall further than the Wizards. Okay. That's why I say this. The whole reason why... Thank you, William. You read my mind. Or maybe... You didn't see my document, so you guys guess you did read my mind. Um, the whole reason why I say that is because I think Dyson is locked into a top 8 pick. But where we can bet this is a top 10 pick. So, right, right now, Dyson is a minus... 10,000. So you have to bet $10,000 to only win 100 bucks on FanDuel on Dyson Daniels to be a top 10 pick. Kind of long odds. However, on DraftKings, it's only minus 3,000. It's still a ridiculous favorite. Minus 3,000 still carries an implied probability of 96.7 chance percent to happen. Minus 10,000 carries a 99 and above percent chance of happening. Um, it, do you see any value in the DraftKings line? I personally think there's a 99.5% chance that Dyson Daniels is a top 10 pick, and I'm still willing to lay that because at a specific sports book, there is value in it. Yeah, I, I think there's no chance he's going past Big 10. <laughs> Even right. though in my overall, if you go by my big board, I have him probably the 13th or 14th best player. But just that height, that youth, that position, if he's going to play point guard, is so much like a unicorn. Like, everyone's looking for the LaMelo ball. 
And then there's Josh Giddy, and now Dyson Daniels is the next version of that. And I don't think he'll pass, uh, fall past 10. Yeah, I also see, you know, Dyson Daniels is like uh, Sean Livingston, or um, he was like one of those like tall playmaking point guards who had a questionable shot. So you got to think. Right. He also kind of reminds me of Lonzo coming out. I mean, like that was exactly what we were talking about with Lonzo. He's going to be a good rebounding guard. He's going to be good defensively. He's going to be switchable on the perimeter. The only question is his shot, and Lonzo's shot has developed fantastically. If Dyson does the same, he would be very good. I just realized, uh, William, that I was talking about Dyson Daniels' body before, and his initials just happened to be double D. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, All right. Speaking about other top 10 stuff, I'm going to throw out a few names that are currently not projected to be top 10 picks. They mean, meaning they are like underdogs. If you bet $100, you get more than $100 back on your bet. I'm going to throw out a few options. There's always someone who happens to go in the top 10 who is a little bit unexpected. Uh, last year, I think it was like Primo at like 11 or 12. That was just wild. Um, there's always a few. I'm going to throw out any options. You tell me that's the player I think could go in the top 10. Or, or you can say, no, I think this is the year where, like, none of those players. Uh, Jalen Duran is plus 110. Jeremy Sohan is plus 135. A.J. Griffin is plus 165. And Usman Jang is also plus 165. Out of those five players, one, two, four players, who do you think is the most likely to go top 10? I would say Duran uh, because he's such a young, athletic. People are looking at the ceiling for him. Center, uh, great defensive player. Everyone loves his ceiling. Uh, you know, the way Robert Williams was so effective in the finals and in the playoffs, people are looking at Bam Adebayo. And there's so many shooting guards in this draft. It's not that many centers. It's, it's not that deep. I could see Jalen Duran going in that top 10 I do not feel... Well, everyone's loving A.J. Griffin as well. I don't love A.J. Griffin as much as everyone else. Me neither. But all, <laughs> I, I, but all I'm, the talk is... I'm glad we're talking because we're so aligned. We, I didn't know right. we were so aligned, but this is kind of making me double down on everything. Right. But I've been hearing a lot of talk about the Pacers at six loving A.J. Griffin. I don't wow. get it. Wow. I don't get it. But it, it's a good chance that he, he will go top ten. Rick Carlisle just spent years dealing with a big with injury problems in Porzingis. Why does he want A.J. Griffin now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that medical is going to be key. Like, right? We haven't heard anything about it, so that's going to be huge. I heard he's like withholding it from a few places, A.J. Mm, yeah, I heard Chet's doing that, too. So that, that scares me off Chet, too. Yeah, that these things are concerning. Uh, you know, it, it becomes you know like a Michael Porter these, Jr. These, situation. These young guys are brats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. seriously. They don't want to work out. They don't want to do the combine. Don't want to give medicals. Come on, guys. They got millions of Instagram followers and can and can do advertisements and make a ton of money. You know, twenty years ago, it was I need to get on this roster. Exactly. Um, all right. While I have you here, William, I'm going to be a little bit selfish with the next part of this. Is I'm going to run through my bets. And I want you to just react to them. I like it. I don't like it. I don't have much of a feel for it. Um, you can, for anyone listening, you can join me and William in the Sports Ethos community and sign up for the Sports Ethos Wager Pass. 
in which you would get access to all of these bets right when I placed them. So you would be able to follow along and have these plays yourself and get William's advice back. I've also been posting them on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, which I'm sure you do, at AdvantagePod underscore SE, you have also seen these up there. So let's have William react to them while he's here. Jabari Smith, first pick, is my biggest bet. And to be honest, William, it's my biggest bet of all of 2022 across any sport, across any line. It's a big one. You like yeah, it? Uh, you're good to go. Yeah, you should be. It's about a 98% chance. You wow. Be right on oh, I love that then. Okay. Um, <laughs> my plan for that right now, just to for the other listeners, because I've been talking about that bet for weeks. So if anyone else has you know followed me with that one, um, my plan is if Adam Silver gets up there and he says – the Orlando Magic have traded the pick to the Houston Rockets, and the Houston Rockets are now on the clock. That will be the moment where I jump in and bet on Paolo. Until that moment, I'm letting this ride. Okay. That's how I'm going to I think that's it. a wise decision. Just let it ride. I think it's either going to be Jabari or Chet. I don't, I don't think anyone else has a chance to go one. And, you know, like I said, with Chet withholding those medicals, I think he might have gave the medicals to Orlando and OKC and nobody he did. else. Yeah, those two. Yeah, but yeah, so that, that's your only uh, worry is Chet. <laughs> yeah, that would be. Okay, my next one is Johnny Davis, king of the Taco Bell commercial. Uh, as a top 10 pick, I have him under the 10 and a half pick, meaning anywhere in the top 10, and I would get that one cashed. How do you feel about that? There's a lot of talk about him going in the top 10. I think he should go around 14. Ooh. But I'm not in the, you know, the consensus with that. But he's moving up from all accounts that I've heard. I've heard he can go anywhere from 5 to 10. So it's it's likely. But I, I don't see Superstar in his future. But he's a safe pick. So... Right. He's one of those he's one of those bodies that like almost like a Zaire Williams or a Josh Green this year. Like we saw these rookies who are a little bit not ready, but they're just like they can play NBA rotation minutes in a playoff situation right. where you just need some wings. So 100%. you can draft Johnny Davis, hope that he could play some important minutes for you and then also develop over time. Um that's also my smallest bet. So I'm glad if there's, if there's one of them you're not going to follow me on, it's, it's the smallest one I have so far. Okay, A.J. Griffin over 10.5. I have A.J. Griffin not going anywhere in the top 10. I'm with you on that. You know, Because of all of the hype, I have him going 11th, um, and that, that meets your bet. <laughs> but you know, I do think Johnny Davis is better than him. So, um, you know, but that's just the Great. consensus of everyone else is they love A.J. Griffin. I actually think, hold on, if you give me one second, you can go to player draft, who will be selected first, and there's actually a bet that you could take, and it's Johnny Davis versus A.J. Griffin. So if you want to follow William on this advice, you could take Johnny Davis to be drafted before A.J. Griffin. It's only a slight favorite at minus 155. It's probably some pretty good value there. Uh, moving on, I have Jeremy Sohan under 12 and a half. Top 12 for Sohan. You do have him going top 12. Yes. I mean, by all accounts, he's going top 12. I'm not a fan of Sohan at all. I think he should go in the 20s. Wow. But, yeah, you know, he, I mean, he's going to be a, a really good role player. 
I don't know why anyone's taking that in the top 12, but like if you're a contending team, sure. But teams in the top 12 are not contending teams more than likely. Right, right. So those those three that I gave you, the Johnny Davis, the A.J. Griffin, and the Sohan, those are all the exact same amount as my three smallest bets. Um, all three of them combined does like gets to 30% of the Jabari Smith bet. So they're, they're very small right, in comparison. Right. Um, the next one is Dyson Daniels, top 10. We talked about that one. I think you're on board. Yep, yep. After that, the last two that I have are these two players to be drafted in the first round. So anywhere in the first round. The first one is, I think his name's Dallin Terry, but I've heard he's a locked-in first-round pick. And so the odds were up there, and they were extreme, minus 10,000 on one site and minus 2,000 on another. So I jumped on at the sports book where they were only minus 2,000 and put a bet there. Do you see him going as a first-round pick? I don't. I don't I don't think he's anywhere close to a first-round pick, but the consensus does. I think he's very raw, but people are loving his size and his length. He's really skinny, really raw, has a lot of work to do, but NBA teams love that. But I mean, for me, I think there's a lot of guys more talented than that for him to go in the first round. That's a scary bet for me. But he can go anywhere from 20 to 50, in my opinion. <laughs> um, the, the next one I have was another long shot. It's that guy, Josh Minot, uh, to be in the first round. He's pretty much everywhere projected to be in the second round and later. He yeah. is on John Hollinger on ESPN. He's a former Memphis Grizzlies GM when they drafted Jaron Jackson Jr., um, and now he's like the head stats and analytics guy for ESPN. He has Minot as his 10th overall prospect. So I thought, oh. ooh, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of something here that someone who's been a longtime GM through the Mike Conley, the Zebo, the Marcus Gasol years to the start of the Jaron Jackson and job revolution in Memphis is saying that this guy's got talent and this guy's an NBA prospect, and the odds were plus 1,200. So I put a very small bet in potentially a big return on Josh Minot, even though he's a projected second round pick to maybe break that barrier and go in the first round. I would, I would have zero confidence in that one. Just <laughs> he's another player that's not ready, but he has the body that everyone loves. 6'8", 6'11", wingspan, long, athletic, rangy, wiry forward. And that's what everybody's looking for. So, he just he he averaged six points per game. This is this would be a huge risk, and his shot is not there. So he shot fourteen percent from three. There's no reason he should be a first anywhere near the first round pick. <laughs> but I have him going around forty forty one. Yep, that's where most people and are. That's, and that's just because of his body and his potential with that body. But nothing about him should be drafted really. Okay, from his <laughs> game, it's just his body. We are aligned on some of these, not the others. Um, I'm going to throw out a few other names for you, William, and you tell me if these people, you have them going in the first round. Patrick Baldwin Jr. I do have Patrick Baldwin Jr. going in the first round. I think he should be around that 25 range. And I mean, you could kind of say similar things about him, like from his production in college, he shouldn't be a first-round pick. But the talent that we've seen from him before college by all accounts, he was supposed to be the next great guy. He had a down season in college. He went to a weird school, coached by his dad. It was just a weird situation, but the talent is there. He should be a fresh round pick. 
What about Christian Coloco? I had him in the first round until Dallas traded out. So now I have him going around 32nd, 33rd. But that could go either way. I'm not confident that he's going to be in the first round. The only reason I would be confident is because there's not that many centers in this draft. And he's one of the top ones, so he could sneak in there. Last one for you, David Roddy. Any chance that this former football player, uh, very awkward NBA body, goes in the first round? You almost made me cuss on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. It's allowed here. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he completely needs to change his body to work in the NBA. I know he scored a lot of points. A lot of people like him. I don't have him being drafted. A lot wow. of people a lot of people do, but <laughs> I don't think he's ready. He's going to tweet at you when he's Fred Van Vliet with his 90 million right, right. <laughs> contract. I think he needs a few years in the G League. So the reason why I, I said those last three names, I don't have I don't have bets on any of those last three, the Baldwin, Coloco, or Roddy, but those are guys who are sitting just outside the first round projections, and I was saying maybe could one of these guys jump into the first round. It sounds like if any of them, Patrick Baldwin, that's a plus 175, so bet 100, you get 175 back. Uh, so that, that could be an interesting one. That's a good bet. Yeah, that's that. That's probably one I could put in. Um, that wraps up what I have. William, is there any other players that we haven't touched on that you feel like we should mention going into this draft? Do you have any betting odds on Jalen Williams from Santa Clara? Because he's been, out of all the prospects, he's probably been moving up more than anybody in this whole draft. So, Jalen Williams... Santa Clara. Is over under I know. So this is that's the whole point. There <laughs> is a there's a Jalen Williams to be drafted in the first round. And I would have loved that bet if it was the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Because right. I'd be like, oh, that's a lock. I'll take that at whatever the minus seven thousand, minus five thousand. I'll put I'll put some, even though the, my return's gonna be small. I know it's coming back. So right. um I went to the odds and I saw Jalen J. A-Y-L-I-N, Williams, to be drafted in the first round at, like, plus 600. So every, do every dollar you bet, you got six back. Bet 100, win 600. I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. And I go Google, Jalen Williams, and I spell it, J-A-Y-L-I-N, Jalen Williams, and then I typed in Santa Clara, and Google corrects me to the other spelling of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, good thing I didn't put that bet in because I didn't. The, li the line's right. I'm the idiot. The real line on the Jalen Williams that we're talking about, there is no possible bet. You're not allowed to bet on him to be in the first round wow. or not. They don't even offer that. What they do offer is the over-under on his draft position at right. 15 and a half. Oh, that's funny. I have him being mocked 15th to the Hornets. So, yeah. He, he should... Ooh, that's tricky. That that's a good uh, marker right there at fifteen. So if you he have him anywhere from if you like have him going eighteen, if you have him going fifteen, it is plus money right now. So under fifteen and a half is plus one fifty. So you'd get hundred fifty back for betting hundred. If you wanted to bet the over fifteen and a half, you have to bet hundred and eighty five to win hundred. So projections, like I think you ju were just saying while I was interrupting you, that it could be like fifteen to nineteen or something. Um, Anywhere from 12 to 18, probably. 12 to 18. He's going to be in there. Yeah. And then, yeah. so that line is so perfect. Yeah. 
All right. When a line funny is though, going, funny though, the other Jalen Williams from Arkansas, I yeah. have as a first rounder. Oh, so maybe you like that plus six hundred. I like that. I might have to put some money down on that if I can say that. <laughs> now, now we're talking. Okay, so I'm going to be looking in after having this conversation with you, William. I'm going to be looking at the adding in that Jalen Williams and first round pick, who was the other guy that you said, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Those are the two that I might add, given this amazing conversation. And thank you so much for joining me on the advantage and breaking down all of the future rookies. Who was your favorite rookie of this past year? Oh, last year, Scotty Barnes. Before the draft started, yep. it's on record. I said he will be the next Giannis. And oh, wow. he's off to a good start. <laughs> so I know I, before we started recording, I showed you my dog and I said, this is my dog, LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. I have, am going to get another dog in a, a, in, a, in a few years, a few seasons, a future teammate for her. And I've already committed that my next dog is going to be named Giannis. So and then I was like, in another 10 years, we'll see who's dominating the NBA. So maybe <laughs> right. maybe we'll talk so I can get your your uh, prospects on what, what my naming rights should be. Sounds good. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right, William, thank you again for joining me. Appreciate your time. And everyone follow him at William is Bill. Check out his podcast, the All Rookie Podcast. He certainly posts the links on his Twitter. So if you follow him there, you will get to see the podcast. As Draymond Green says, you're going to get this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, William. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. No problem. Oh, 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 oh,